Hey everyone, this is Cameron, pastor at Door of Hope Northeast, and we are continuing on through John 9 through 12 this week. And today we get to hear from Joel Law, who is one of our Northeast elder candidates. And just uh, as a side note, if you are part of our community um, and you haven't had a chance yet to look at this week's newsletter, please do so because we've got some uh, important updates there about about uh, eldership and, and Joel and, and Josh Wilder as well um, and, and the part you can play in sort of uh, contributing to this final stage of, of their vetting process before they're officially made elders. So uh, go find that newsletter if you're part of our church. Um, otherwise, here is Joel. Hi, I'm Joel, one of the Door of Hope Northeast elder candidates along with Josh Wilder. I hope you're doing well during these crazy times, uh, this pandemic that is affecting the whole world. And so I hope that you're doing well, that you're safe and your loved ones are safe. And we we look forward to when this will be all over. I'm honored that Cameron asked me to do this devotional segment on John 11, 25 to 44. So here we are. I'd like to start with recapping the claims that Jesus made the I am statements. He says, I am the bread of life. That's John 6. He says, I am the light of the world. That's John 8. He says, I am the door of the sheep. That's John 10. He says, I am the good shepherd. That's also John 10. He says, I am the resurrection and the life in John chapter 11, verse 25. This, this claim to be the resurrection and the life is really powerful. And it reminds us of his other title in the book of Revelation. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and everything in between. So we come to this narrative. We're in this, this story involving two individuals who are either serving Jesus or were sitting at the feet of Jesus learning from him. Not only do they learn, but their lives were transformed by Jesus. And this sounds like what a disciple is, right? The names of these disciples were Mary and Martha. They were sisters. And they had a brother, Lazarus, also a disciple who died due to some illness. And we find remarks throughout Scripture that Jesus loved each one of these three. Mary appears to be the eldest of the three. We infer this because Martha invites Jesus into their house. And Lazarus was probably the youngest, making his death even more tragic. Now, the first we encounter these, these sisters is in Luke chapter 10. And we remember that story. Martha is busy serving, uh, running around the house, uh, preparing things, cleaning things, serving Jesus. And meanwhile, Mary is just seated at the feet of Jesus. And we leave that, that story with the, the lesson in our heads. Uh, don't be like Martha. Be more like Mary. Now, here in John 11, this second episode, we have a different view of Martha. And she seems to have moved forward in her faith and understanding of Jesus. Now, Martha leaves the property 
when she heard that Jesus was on his way. She left the property and met him somewhere, and um, she, she meets Jesus, and she says, Lord, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. When Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life statement in verse 25, he asks Martha, do you believe this? She replies, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who was to come into the world. And this is a confession that is on par with Peter's confession in Matthew 16. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Where was Mary during this time? She was in the house weeping. Now, Mary wasn't doing anything wrong. She was doing what was normal, natural. You want to grieve the loss of a loved one. And she had a lot of company doing the same thing. And when we compare these two episodes, uh, the, the things have changed. Martha appears to have made the better choice here. Martha uh, went out and met with Jesus, and she heard and received this claim that Jesus made, that he was the resurrection and the life. But Mary missed it. Mary knew that Jesus was someone special, and so she wanted to, to get out to Jesus as soon as possible. She wanted to redeem the time. We need to give Martha credit for, for growth that took place between the first episode and the second. It probably was no more than a year. And so she really grew in her understanding of who Jesus was, what he had done, and what he might do in the future, including the raising of her brother from the dead. And so when Jesus is meeting with Martha, he says to Martha, hey, go back into the house and invite Mary out here. I want to see her. And so Martha goes into the house and um, calls her sister out. She says, hey, um, the teacher wants to be with you. He wants to see you. And she responds. She goes out there and she falls at his feet. And she, she says, like Martha did, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, they don't have the same dialogue like with Martha. Uh, Jesus tends not to repeat himself. Uh, only an act of worship of falling at the feet of Jesus. Mary wasn't one for many words. She let her actions speak. And in the very next chapter, you know, we, we hear about um, what Mary would do. She does this extravagant act of worship that would cost the equivalent of a year's salary. She anoints the feet of Jesus with this expensive ointment and wipes it with her hair. We come to verse 35. And we find the shortest verse in the Bible having only two words that demonstrate the humanity of Jesus. If you're afraid of scripture memory, here's a verse you can get, guaranteed. It's really easy. Jesus wept. Those two words, Jesus wept. Now, Jesus wasn't a robot. You know, he was one having emotions. And notice how Jesus relates to these sisters differently. 
with Martha, he has this dialogue, this discourse, but with Mary, um, he connects with her through his tears, his own tears. We see empathy in action. And, you know, Lazarus did, uh, was, was missed, and Jesus grieved for him. And we think about this, and we, we, we think that, that Jesus might have wept over the effect of sin, you know, that sin brought death into this world, and it wasn't part of God's original design. But here, a good friend and brother was taken from them. So they were sorrow, there, there was sorrow here, but I do believe there was another emotion besides sorrow in action. And Eugene Peterson gets it right in the message. When Jesus saw her sobbing and the Jews with her sobbing, a deep anger welled up within him. He said, where did you put him? Master, come and see, they said. Now Jesus wept. The Jews said, look how deeply he loved him. Others among them said, well, if he loved him so much, why didn't he do something to keep him from dying? After all, he opened the eyes of a blind man. Then Jesus, the anger again welling up within him, arrived at the tomb. And we'll stop there. Some of our translations have deeply moved. But the word that's being translated has anger embedded in it. And, and this word serves as a bookend. And, you know, what was Jesus angry at? Well, it's, it's, it's what's between these bookends. Jesus was angry at the unbelief of the Jews. They didn't believe that Jesus really cared for Lazarus. Otherwise, he would have done something. Now, my initial understanding of this passage of Scripture, uh, I thought this was a compliment. Uh, oh, yeah, Jesus really loved Lazarus. But uh, uh, through Peterson's paraphrase, he, he brings out uh, the, the sarcasm that's in place here. Jesus was angry that the Jews doubted that he was willing to do something for Lazarus. And he was angry because they didn't think he was able. They thought he was good enough for the minor leagues, but not good enough for the major leagues. They didn't know who he was. They didn't know what he could do. But the two disciples, Martha and Mary, knew. Jesus goes to the tomb where Lazarus' body was laid. And he asked for the entry stone to be removed. One of the, the disciples gave a warning. Um, Lazarus has been dead for four days. It's not going to smell very nice in there. Without looking at your Bible, let me ask you, which of the sisters was this? Was it Martha or Mary? Well, the answer is Martha. She is very practical here. Let me tell you about a story when Karen and I were newlyweds. We had just moved into our apartment and uh, everything was okay except for one thing. One, one thing that really bugged us. There was this smell that didn't smell good uh, from an area in our kitchen. And so, you know, I, I thought that maybe uh, there was some garbage that, that reeked, of, you know, we don't know. Uh, but anyways, I, 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 I took it out and 
uh, well, that smell is still there. And it, it, um, uh, it bugged us. And so we were looking for this uh, source of bad smell and, and opened up all the cabinets. And, and uh, finally, I, I went and looked back near where the garbage was. Uh, and there, against the wall, um, I saw a head of a mouse just sticking up. Um, the body was below the, the bottom board. And, uh, and this mouse was dead. It had been dead for some time. I don't know how long it was there. But this was a real challenge um, uh, because it was not a straightforward uh, removal. If I were to pick this mouse straight up, I, I would risk um, uh, decapitating this thing. Um, and and, and I, I finally found a solution, and, and that was to slide this mouse head along the wall until there was this gap that was sufficiently uh, big enough for me to pull it out. And, uh, well, I got it out <laughs> and, uh, whew, that, 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 that was really scary. And, uh, wow, a small critter like a mouse could smell really bad, but, um, a tomb with a human being in there. Uh, wow. But I believe that Jesus probably, um, uh, did some, some magic here and minimized, um, the, uh, <laughs> the, the challenge. Whenever Jesus does a miracle, it's not about him. Uh, it's all about his heavenly father, our heavenly father. In Peterson's paraphrase, uh, he prays, Father, I'm grateful that you have listened to me. I know you have always listened to me, but on account of this crowd standing here, I've, I've spoken so that they might believe that you sent me. With a loud shout, Jesus commands Lazarus, come out. I don't know if the crowd was there at the tomb was amazed or, or horrified. And here comes this body that was dead. It, it, it rises bound in, in grave, grave cloths, linens, wrapped from head to toe. <laughs> oh, wow. This, this would make some pretty good uh, movie footage. And, you know, there would be gas, maybe some fainting somewhere. The one who, by spoken word, brought our world into existence, gave a life command, a life-giving command to, to Lazarus. Jesus gave the command to unwrap him and let him loose. Now, Lazarus, whose name means God has helped, was helped big time and was given a new lease on life. There was even another episode and, uh, and, and Lazarus is reclining. He's eating at a meal with Jesus. And uh, there awaits a, a resurrection for all of us to experience when Jesus comes again for us and we shall be changed, never to die again because the one who said he is the resurrection and the life calls for us. Now, this wasn't a random miracle. Jesus made a claim and he backed it up by raising Lazarus from the dead. As we look at this passage, we're reminded of who not to be. We don't want to be part of this unbelieving crowd, the bystanders that made Jesus angry. If we want to be something or be someone, 
be like Martha, who seized a moment to be with Jesus. She grew in her understanding of what Jesus had done and what he could do. And we don't discount Mary either. When Jesus called for her, she responded. Well, maybe you're facing a challenge that's really difficult and there's no easy solutions. Well, give your challenges to the one who says that he is the resurrection and the life. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you are the giver of life. You are the resurrection and the life. And we want to thank you so much for your love for us. And we want to give all of our, our problems, our questions to you, the only one with all of life's answers, Lord. And so we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.